Hello everyone and welcome to the CMO Stories podcast episode 23. My name is Yuri Belast. I'm your podcast host and also social media strategist. And something I forgot to say earlier when I recorded the previous podcast, also founder of the CMO 100 Club. Normally I would tell it to the end, but now I cannot forget it anymore. <laughs> so welcome everyone. And today I'm joined by Jonathan, Jonathan Zox. Do I pronounce your name correctly, Jonathan? Yes, that's correct. You Almost. Got it. got it. You didn't know that. And often I can repeat the same joke that I invite people with a difficult name. First name or surname. Anyway, happy that you're there. I know that you have a busy day. So guys, Jonathan is on a mission to decimate no-show appointments. After running an appointment-based business for a decade, he co-founded Go Reminders which increases business revenue and cuts wasted staff time with automated appointment reminders and online booking. Jonathan runs growth and marketing for Go Reminders, and he loves helping small businesses with automation and communication. And also, I know, Jonathan, that you like SEO. So, Jonathan, is there something that you want to share with people about Go Reminders that I didn't tell in the introduction? So what, what is Go Reminders about, actually? Sure. Yeah. So as you mentioned, Go Reminders, we're, we're all about cutting out no-show appointments. So it's really for any kind of appointment-based business that could be a tattoo artist, an attorney, financial advisor, hairstylist, dentist, anyone who sees people for appointments either in person or virtually. And uh, we cut out the no-show appointments by sending automated text reminders to customers to make sure they show up at the right time, at the right place, and a bunch of other communication features like text blast, two-way chat to text, and uh, online booking, anything related to scheduling and getting people in the right place at the right time so that they can do business and get paid. Yeah, all about efficiency, but that's also, you know, when people don't show up or show up too late or don't manage to, yeah, manage their calendar and then show up, that, that can really be uh, annoying for, for all of us. So uh, can you tell me, go reminders, when you are one of the founders, so at what time, did, when did you found it? Is it a long time ago? Yeah, we founded it about uh, nine years ago. And okay. yeah, it started as a tiny side project with my uh, my friend and I uh, that we started. And, you know, I had uh, another business that is an IT support and web development business, also SEO agency. And with that, we were doing lots of appointments. So I, I really knew the pain of no-shows and I knew how it could seem like such a tiny problem on a daily basis. It's like, oh, I have an extra hour here. I have some free time. But when I sat down and really thought about the revenue impact of it, it was much bigger than it felt. And so we came up with the idea really because my friend had received a call saying he missed an appointment a week ago. And this appointment was scheduled a year earlier to be a checkup from an eye hospital. And we were just astounded at how inefficient that could be for this eye hospital, that they they let the day pass, didn't remind him ahead of time. He didn't show up. They wasted the doctor's time, the receptionist's time, the nurse's time, lost that revenue, potentially lost it forever because maybe, you know, if you didn't make it, the chances of them rescheduling were pretty slim, but they employed someone to call people to say, hi, you missed your appointment, rather than just employing an automated system to remind people ahead of time to prevent the problem. And so we really felt like there there must be, this is a pretty big problem, time-wise, wasted time and, and revenue loss. So we started building, and that's how we created Go Reminders. 
with a special sector in mind or just yes but not the sector that we ended up catering okay. to so we thought about medicine medical practices but when we started building we felt like it would be to get into medical practices one of the barriers would be integration we weren't sure about which platform to uh, integrate with first and it would have taken a lot more work so we basically tried to find a market for our the, the software that we built, which was the opposite way that I would recommend starting a business. But in any case, we started advertising on Facebook to try to see like, who has this problem? Like, are you suffering from no-shows? Check out our product, it'll solve the problem. And we ended up getting, you know, users and customers in a variety of industries. As I mentioned, tattoo artists is a big one for us, um, hair salons, dentists, lots of, and now we do have medical practices using our platform, but it, it's just much more of an industry agnostic platform that, that's really for any small business rather than only medical institutions. Okay. And how do people, you know, how do they find you? Do you, because you mentioned Facebook ads, yeah. is there another way that they find you? Is it through Google or? What yeah. So if you Google for our kind of product, um, often we'll show up for that. And uh, yeah, so we, you know, Google organic, we do paid ads on a variety of platforms. And uh, those are the main, main areas now and word of mouth, you know, our customers stay with us for years and, and they generally love our product. And so, you know, they, they refer other people to it. That's nice. I know that you, 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 you like SEO, you, you're good at it. Is there a tip that you can share about how people can find you in an easy way organically? Yeah. I mean, if you just Google text reminders, we usually are number one or two or three. Yeah. But in general, is there something that you could share? What is an easy way? to yeah. get more organic traffic from search engines yeah. in general. So definitely. So what I would say is um, the first step for any business for SEO is really just to think about, so using that example, text reminders, I never really thought of our platform as a text reminder platform, but that was one of the features that we picked to just write about our software, create a page called you know text reminders and write about our software from that angle. And I was always thinking, well, we have email reminders. We have this other feature. We have this, like, does this make sense? And the, the answer is yes. <laughs> so basically, if you have a software platform, think of which features you have and create pages around that feature, because each of those features might be an, a tool that people are looking for or a specific feature. So now when people, a lot of people do look for text reminders, some people look for email reminders, some people look for appointment reminders. And so we have pages talking from all of those angles. And if you're an agency or a service business, just think about like, what are the services that you offer? And if you're a local basically just add info about your location. So if you're New York based or whatever your town name is, city name, anything that's relevant to that, just use this tactic, but also add in into the title, your location. Because if people are searching for, if you're, you're a salon, you know, you don't want to rank just for salon mm -hmm. or this kind, mm -hmm. like maybe you're a salon that deals with curly hair as a specialty. You don't want people from all over the world. You need local people finding you first. Maybe you become famous in the future and then you can show up for national and things like that and people travel to you. But essentially you want to show up for like New York or Upper West Side or whatever your neighborhood is that you want to pull people from, you know, Upper West Side salon, specializing in curly hair type of thing. And so just, and maybe you have multiple specialties. So create a page for each specialty. That's really the first step before hiring anyone to consult on SEO or an agency or freelance or anything like that is just, if you, if you don't have a website, get a website and, you know, uh, create pages on your site that, that describe your business in a variety of ways. And then you see which, which uh, works.
Yeah, of course, measuring is everything. So I had a business analytics company in the past. Okay. So yeah, if you don't measure, you don't know anything. So yeah, because you know which pages, because it can be real different from industry to industry. Also, I think you are based uh, in New York, but you right. have a product that seems that you are not really local. So people can find you from everywhere. Yeah, we are in a variety of countries, but most of our uh, customers are in the US, about 90%. And so we're basically just focused on the U.S. in terms of our marketing and growth ex, uh, efforts at this point. But yeah, so so for us, it's basically we don't do a lot of international SEO for our own product because there's just so much growth to happen in the U.S. for us mm-hmm. that, we, that we're tackling. And so, so that's what we're going at after at this point. Okay. We mentioned Google Organic. Do you also mm-hmm. use Google Ads? For the- uh, yeah, we use Google search ads to a varying degree of success. You know, some things have uh, sort of a natural cap, and that's one of the things with Google Ads. It might seem like it's not working well, but if you change at your spend level, either up or down, it might work okay. And, you know, sort of the basics of Google Ads is, other than the sort of fully automatic aspect that you can do the dynamic search ads, um, if you do keyword-based, you know, I would suggest just starting with putting, again, your most logical phrases in there, and then as you go, just building up your negative keywords list, which basically tells Google, okay, don't 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 show me for you know any searches related to this so if someone you know if i put in text reminders as a as like a a loose phrase that that concept that google should target i might start showing up for phone call reminders and we don't do phone call reminders and so i would put into my negative keywords list in google ads phone call reminders like don't show me for anyone searching for phone call reminders and you build up that over time and then you see how that goes Yeah, I think that's a good tip to also use negative keywords because people don't always think of that. And then then lots of people think, oh, the broader the market, the better, but that's not good. You won't have the the ideal clients uh, visiting your website. So yeah, it's a product that people can really understand. They can understand, they can feel it, they have the pain and you you solve a pain. So that's really good for your marketing. But I imagine, you know, you founded a company, uh, you grew that in those years, you have really needed to overcome some challenges. So can you name one or two of these challenges that you needed to overcome and and how that you did that? I think human resources perhaps is one, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, right. So I recently had an employee who was with us for nine years and he gave us one week notice. And so that that was a huge challenge. And, And basically, you know, what I learned from that was, first of all, how to prevent things like that in the future is just to have much more detailed open communication with team members because I knew that he was, you know, looking for a job for a few years and at some point was going to leave it. And that was fine. But I didn't think to have a more detailed conversation to say, hey, you've been here so long. Like, could you plan, like, give me a heads up if you get close to it so we can start hiring for someone else. And so we were just on a, on a totally different page. He had no, he had documented, he was in great faith. Like he documented his role. That was wonderful. It's all set up for a new person, but he, he didn't realize that I would want him to work on hiring essentially his replacement. And so that's the, the main thing sort of prevention wise. And then in terms of hiring a replacement, his replacements, this happened only three weeks ago was uh, maybe two weeks ago was his last day and his replacement starting on Monday. And so that hiring process was just really about casting a, a really wide net, you know, texting, DMing on mm-hmm. Instagram, Facebook, Facebook groups, LinkedIn, like anyone I knew who was in some related 
field or position just to say, hey, here's a job posting. Can you share it? Do you know anyone? Do you know anyone? And I got, you know, through through the most random the most random ones paid off. Yeah. Like through a startup community, I got one applicant through Instagram DMs. I got this amazing recruiter that I like from someone who I don't keep in touch with a lot, but, and then through a Facebook group for WordPress manage, you know, people who manage their own WordPress sites, which has like a little bit of overlap with this job. I found a great candidate. So it was really, yeah, casting the wide net and, and interviewing people who are eager, you know, skills we can teach, we can teach our processes. We have a lot of documentations, but you know, it was, uh, there were only a few people who were like really eager about it and and none of them were an exact match for what we needed. But the fact that they were eager and, and willing to learn is really encouraging. Yeah, I think that's the important thing and that they want to learn of course they need to have the capacity to learn but if sure. they're already motivated and that would i can imagine that was a challenge uh, to find someone in such a such short notice so yep. it's it's you know here i don't know how it is in the us but here in belgium you know you cannot live like that there are like you know that's what employee, i hear in a lot of other countries yeah but and, and employee, US, you cannot it, you can do whatever <laughs> Yeah, a freelance person, of course, that's different. But uh, if you are on the payroll, then yeah, that's because after nine years, as yeah. you say, luckily, and I think that's also people can can learn from that. They he documented, so that's already good that he you know did that. But you can have other stories, of course, uh, that suddenly someone leaves, and that's always think of a plan B. And in this case. You didn't have really a replacement, I guess. So, so you no. needed to find someone. Yeah, so I mean, it- the thing, the things that I did really well were, were yeah, like had some open communication. And he, we were on the same page that like, listen, no problem that you're searching for something, for something else. At some point you leave, no problem. But just on an ongoing basis, make sure you have the playbooks for your role, you know, in place, updated. And it's no problem. I'm, you know, I'm not going to fire you because I think that you're going to leave at some point. You know, we'll we'll work together as long as it makes sense. And we just have that that understanding that you're going to sort of prepare the role so that someone else can take over when you do leave. And so that was great. But because you never know when ever burn bridges, but it's possible that, you know, if this person's new job doesn't, you know, he doesn't like it, (laughs) at again at your doorstep. How how, how many people do you work, uh, Jonathan, in your team? We have about, so it's sort of a team of 10. We have uh, four full-time people and uh, about six regular freelancers. Yeah. So this means someone leaving as directly. Yeah, it was a, a big huge. impact. Yeah. I remember that because I had with my former company at 13 people. And then, you know, if one or two people leave, then directly you need to take action. I've been in your place that someone, you know, left. And I want a big contract and I needed to have, you know, someone replacing this person directly. And then, of course, it's you need to pivot at short time and find people. But yeah, sometimes it's for the good. But at that moment, yeah. it's, a bit, it's a bit stressy at that moment. Yeah. yeah, it's stressful regardless. And so it's just, you know, what can we do to mitigate the stress and, and keep things uh, as smooth as possible? And, and then, you know. Otherwise, what I did in the moment was basically just put everything else on pause so I could do a hiring search. And part of an entrepreneur, we know it, it's, it's ups and downs. So what was one of the ups that you, that you would like to share? You know, another aspect that's also related to hiring that I think has been really beneficial to us over time is just the general way that I hire 
is hiring before I like really need someone. And so I've had a lot of success with that hiring an executive assistant before I felt like, Oh, I don't, I don't have enough. I've always felt like I don't have enough things for this person to do. Well, it turns out that that's okay. (laughs) I don't think I've ever met anyone who has, has said, that they hired an executive assistant too early. So that's worked out really well. And then I've, I've done that hiring process for other people, whether it's freelancers, freelance developers, designers, anyone who, you know, I'm like, I think I need this, like, let's try it. And, and that's worked into, you know, multi-year working relationships with, with people who have been just a really integral part of our business. It started out super small. And then even for full-time people, I have someone, one of our full-time team members who I, you know, she did some freelance to start, but I knew I was looking for a full-time role. She was looking for a new full-time role. We started freelance, but I hired her full-time before I definitely had enough work for her full-time. And she's grown into that role perfectly. Mm-hmm. And, and she has way too much stuff to do now. And now again, we're looking for someone new, not necessarily at the point that she's so frazzled, but before that point, we always have more stuff we want to do, but we never let it get to the point where the actual day-to-day work is just too cumbersome. Like the day-to-day work that she has to do is is still a reasonable load. And we're still hiring someone new to basically do customer support and take that load off her so she can focus more on marketing and growth. And so that's turned out to be really successful for me in multiple businesses. It's just hiring people where I have an inkling of like, all right, I think I need this. I'm not 100% sure. We'll see how it goes. And most of the time it works out really well. And I think a lot of it has to do with just Like you have the bandwidth and energy and availability to onboard someone and communicate about the role and really for them to grow the role. Whereas if you're just, you know, going super fast and so overwhelmed that you you can't spend that time to figure it out, a lot of that can just blow up and, and, you know, you have to slow down to onboard people. And so, so that's, that's been something that's been really great. Yeah, but I can relate with that. Eh? So I also have, was in the position, you know, you you want to grow and you need to have the people to be able to grow before you really need them. And that's a kind right. of a risk because at the time that you are in the hiring process, you need to. So it's all the time balancing between what you need and the resources that you have. But maybe also a question because uh, 10 people, okay, how, how do you organize your work? Is there a kind of a, a, a tool, a system that you are using to be Is able to... A, what, what system? Like, you know, to organize the work, to know what is everyone doing to meet? Do you use like Teams or perhaps another way like like uh, Monday.com or whatever? Are there like tools that you're right. using to maximize efficiency next, of course, to your own uh, Go Reminders? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we use Go Reminders for scheduling meetings. We use Slack for communication internally and with some agencies that we work with. We use email and we use Jira. And then there's Confluence, which is a wiki associated with Jira. And we, we do our playbooks in there. We use Google Docs a lot. But essentially, all our playbooks are in, are in the wiki and Confluence. And tasks that are dev tasks, essentially anything that's involving multiple parties is in Jira or things that we need to keep track of. But we use Jira pretty loosely. There's a lot. You know, my co-founder is the lead engineer. We have one active freelance dev, a few others who are sort of uh, as needed. So they use Jira between, you know, the two of them and, and I'll put things in Jira sometimes. But a lot of it is, again, if as we we maintain 
we, we try to make it like a really reasonable business and a reasonable life. And so there's not people self-manage. So I think some people use different task management for themselves to keep track of their own things, you know, calendar reminders, things like that. And then, you know, tasks and projects get managed in Jira, but anything else is, is sort of uh, self-managed and, and ongoing. Yeah, so not too many tools I hear you saying. And perhaps for uh, yeah, your your own solution, what would be the next step or what would be do you have like new releases coming up from your tool or or, or like things that yeah. you want for the future that you can share about? Sure, nothing officially announced, but uh, you know, on the forefront, uh, you know, is potentially payment processing. So because we've gotten a bunch of requests from from our users to be able to charge their their customers and clients through the same scheduling platform, and also some some follow up messages to either wish their like send a text when it's a customer's birthday, just to keep in touch, like hey, thinking of you, happy birthday, or asking for a Google review, things like that. Like those those are the big ones that I can think of that we they we have um, probably in the next quarter or so at least the follow-up messages payment processing still throwing that around and we'll see how we implement that yeah yeah that's what's on there the are, yeah there are plans too because it, that's also exciting yeah to see what you have and then see what is the next step and uh, definitely yeah. yeah we're constantly working on our functionality and features and and just you know our goal is to make it the easiest to use platform out there for scheduling and so you know Anytime we add new features, we're, we're, it's, a, it's a constant battle to make sure that we keep it easy to use and not super complicated and provide the, the powerful functionality to people who are not tech savvy. And, you know, they might be coming from just keeping track of it on their own calendar or on pen and paper and in a scheduling book, things like that. And so we make it, you know, as long as you can use a web browser, you should be able to use our platform pretty easily. I'm also now looking at your website. So it's goreminders.com. So yep. for people, if they are listening to the podcast and they want to try out uh, your solution. Yeah, we have, a, we have a free trial. You don't have to enter your credit card. It's a two-week free trial. And, um, you know, we pride ourselves on our, our ease of use and our customer support. So if you have questions during it, you can chat to us and uh, we'll take care, take care of any questions that come up. And yeah, that's pretty much it. It's, it's, it's really easy to get started, you know, 30 seconds and should be up and running. And then you can customize any of the functionality if you want, or you can just go for it. Okay, awesome. Go for it. Go reminders. Go for it. I like it. There you go. So, Jonathan, also people listening to the podcast and they want to connect with you. What is the best place they can do that? Of course, I mentioned your website, but is there a social media channel that, that you prefer? Yeah, feel free to uh, reach out to me on, on LinkedIn or Instagram. Those are the ones I'm most active on. If you just Google my name and go reminders, uh, you'll find you'll find all my socials. But uh, on Instagram, I am J-O-N-N-O-Z is my uh, username there. Feel free to DM me there. I'm occasionally on Twitter uh, at Jozox, J-O-Z-A-C-K-S. But yeah, if you just Google my name and go reminders, you'll find you'll find ways to contact me. Awesome. I'll put all of that in the show notes, of course. Excellent. And then, uh, yeah, I will, after we, we finish the recording, of course, I will connect with you. I'm also everywhere right. because that's, that's just my thing. Thank nice. you, Jonathan. It was really nice to speak to you. Yeah, it was great to speak with you too. Thank you much, uh, so much for having me, Yori. I really awesome. You know, I, I like this podcast. I meet so many interesting people from all over the world. So awesome to, to have spoken to you. So guys, 
If you're listening to this and you like to be a guest of my podcast, like Jonathan did, yeah, and you have your story to tell, just send me a DM. You find me everywhere on social media. Yuri uh, Bilast, also difficult name, but you will find it, of course, in the description of the podcast. And also, now I won't forget it. If you are a CMO or marketeer or a tech entrepreneur and interested in uh, the digital world, digital marketing world, that is now, you know, arriving with Web3, with Metaverse and so on. Yeah, be sure to check out the link in the show notes for my CMO 100 Club. It's free. It's a possibility to network with peers and to ask your questions and have some nice discussions. Thank you, everyone. And I see you in the next podcast episode.